All right, welcome back. Uh, it's now September. Um, I had planned on doing a uh, like some sort of a football spectacular or something like that, um, a summer summer retrospective, um, possibly with Adam. I, we talked about it, but uh, he actually had to go out of town the last second. So here I am uh, in Brooklyn um, doing it, but that's all right. Uh, so it's, you know, it's just going to be another relatively normal summer-ish episode, even though the difference being it's barely ever summer anymore. It's like 60-something degrees right now, which is great. It's good. Uh, it's like, it's coming back to hockey weather. Um, I'm excited for the season. Um, again, I mean, still nothing's, nothing, literally nothing has happened since my last one, which has been about two weeks. Um, but that's all right. Uh, um, so... I think I'll do a little bit of build. I just have some general, and I, I this this maybe maybe this will be shorter, maybe not. But this will be like a more another uh, I don't know maybe episode about things I I think I've learned in life that I've seen uh, in some places, um, and and some of that's going to be hockey, but it's also maybe maybe not so much. But that's okay um, because as I I think I I think I changed the. I think I've settled on what at least the Twitter bio uh, of my podcast is going to of this of the Sa- of Saberland is going to be, um, and if now that I can say that with with, you know, uh, I don't know, I can confident now that I can confidently say that I feel that's I suppose that means that I'm, I think I know what what this is, and so what I what I'm calling this is like a a pop culture Sabers podcast. Actually, I'm sure I misquoted it, but it's something like something that I can be I can say like. Uh, it's basically anything under the sun is fair game, but it's also going to have a Sabres twist to it, which I don't think that's out there. Because most of the Sabres podcasts I found are just, they're, they're just hockey stuff. Um, whereas I don't, you know, I'm not interested in conventional uh, expectations or what people even want to hear. Uh, I don't care. I'm doing my own thing, man. Uh, yeah. Um, anyway, uh, because I, oh, geez, what was that? Oh. Um, because, yeah, because I just, um, I think it's more fun to just keep this open, and obviously it hasn't stopped me this far. Um, so anyway, this, I'll find a way, this, this definitely will always come back into hockey, but, um, I just, I, 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 you know, I just, during the week, uh, some things transpired, transpired in, I guess, in my working life, my nine-to-five life that I have just been thinking about, and, um, and then maybe remember, like, a thing I've thought for a long time about stuff, an incredibly descriptive sentence there uh that's going to be written on my tombstone someday so uh this is going to be episode 17 well it is and uh thanks for tuning in if you have and uh we're gonna throw it over to the band and then we'll be right back after these uh this brief interruption I said we it's just me but that's all right We're, i'm back so um 
Uh, let's, let's see. I guess I'm just. I, I guess I'll just jump right into the the the, uh, the thing that I know I wanted to talk about. Um, so, boy, that's kind of it's a it's a clumsy uh, inter introduction. Um, so I, I we'll see how long it gets. But I guess what I'm saying is right now is I'm gonna I'm just I'm, I'm gonna let myself just talk about the thing that was, I suppose, the occasion for this episode. And then somehow I'm, I'm confident that hockey will, will emerge. Um, because right now what's happening is a thing where I'm, I guess I've become self-conscious of, uh, myself talking, which doesn't always happen in, um, when, when recording podcasting, but it's usually, uh, I think it's, 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 it's never a good thing when you start like hearing yourself, uh, if that makes any sense. Um, sort of, or well, just sort of awareness of voice sometimes is not, is not the the best thing um but uh so what i remembered was way back in uh i remember i want to say this was this was my fifth grade math teacher no no i mean it will this, this would, would have applied to fifth grade but he was my sixth grade teacher mr steppis uh back at iroquois back in the day and um I always remember him, among other things, because my sister, who was four years, well, who was four uh, grades ahead of me, um, I failed four times for the same age. No, it's not true. No, um, she's older. She, uh, she, she, he was one of the guys that she had had um, as a math teacher, and you know, so he, so there were there were, sometimes I would follow in Kate's wake, and uh, that could be good or bad. It was very bad in the case of Madame Vach, our uh, French teacher, and Kate still is fluent in French to this day. I could barely spit out a few sentences. I can understand it somewhat, um, but I could never really speak it. Um, I mean, I, whatever. So, at any rate, um, but Mr. Step, I was I was a pretty good math student. Um, but he uh, and Kate, remember, Kate did well with him. I mean, she was a very good student. And I was okay um, when motivated. Um, but uh, I used to, I also have a vivid memory of my first professional baseball game that I ever went to. Was up. We went. We drove up to uh, Toronto one night because um, my dad had a lot of friends and who lived there and I don't know how I don't I forget the circumstances of how this came about or why or what the reason given was but it was a weeknight um, and my dad was just said we're all going to Toronto which not entirely out of the blue but rare on a weeknight we drove up um, and I just I just thought we we're gonna go visit his friend in a hotel um, well we, we do that we get to the hotel um, go in the room and then the the guy like walks over to his window. The curtains are drawn in the window. He walks over to them and pulls them back. And then there's just the 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 Rogers Center is just out the window. We're like in the park, looking out over the the Blue Jays and Yankees playing. And this was like 1997, 98. So you know, early in G, early Jeter years, um, they may have gone on to they may have won the World Series that year. One of those their first ones in those uh, that run they went on, but. Um, was one of the one of the strangest memories, strangest things that I'd ever seen was just uh, just thinking I was going to a hotel and then somebody pulling back the curtains and I'm actually like inside a baseball park. And if you watch Jays games to this day, you can see um, uh, sometimes you can see in you know out the out like right field or something or one I forget which but I, th I think it's right field, um, if not both. But you can uh, you can see some hotel rooms. In fact, I remember a a scandal. A few years ago, people, let's say some ex exhibitionists were uh, renting out the rooms during the games and re being shown on TV, and um, people all around the Golden Horseshoe were outraged.
anyway, um, so, but the, but, my, but the other memory I have of that is driving back home after the game, or not, I'm sure we didn't say for the whole game, but driving home at like eight or nine, which wouldn't, we never did. It was that, I mean, just to be, to be like, to be driving home, you know, and let's just say a Wednesday night or something at like nine or 10 o'clock, um, you know, it's like a 12 year old was crazy. I mean, I kind of loved it, but, uh, but, I, but I didn't, since I didn't have a chance to do my homework, my dad, I remember him saying like, I I I was I had to bring my homework with me that I just remember driving home from from the game and uh doing my homework and then um and so that's that but and I, I just know that I was in Mr. Steppis's class at the time but the thing that I so anyway that those are just some memories associated with that that time period um interestingly enough or or not interestingly as it may happen these were the same years that this was no this can't this can't be right no, none of this is right at all. Um, because the Yankees, because I remember that being 97, but but I couldn't, I was, it was sixth, in sixth grade, it was 2000, it wasn't 97. So I'm somewhere, my mind has gone astray, or whatever. Anyway, um, I do know that in Mr. Steppis' class, um, he was the first teacher I had who, like he, the way that he taught us, um, like, let's just say, I think it was, I remember he had this whole system for teaching long division, and it was all this, all these, like, um, uh, like, acronyms, and, and, and these, like, little sort of, like, almost fables, I don't know how else to put it, like, not fables, because they would, they would, like, I don't, I wonder if teachers still do this, I wonder if this is a thing that happened elsewhere in the country, or maybe, or, or elsewhere, at all, uh, if that, that like he would, you, you, there'd be things the teacher would, fables is the wrong word, amusing me fables, as Carl Pilkin would say. No, but, but like, they'd say, the teacher would be like, you gotta keep the families together because you, like, and, and I don't even know how else to explain it. And this is gonna sound really dumb if, if I'm, if, if no one else's teacher did this in like middle school math. But it'd be like, you gotta go inside the house, which I think would refer to any numbers that, you know, if you, so we would have, because, now, first of all, this is well before cell phones, obviously, and many of us didn't have even, like, scientific calculators, and if we did have calculators, they, well, they would probably, I'm sure they would divide, but they, they, they still, I don't know if they still teach you, you know, hand done, like, long division by hand these days. I'm curious, but, because part of me feels like I was one of the last generations to have that, but maybe not, I don't know. At any rate, the teachers that I always had would they they each sort of have their own systems for how they would get you to do it, and I think Mr. Steppis did this whole thing, of, and they also did long, uh, well, like like what's the, well long division is that, but what about like I don't even know what I'm supposed to call multiplication with, where it's like you know 155 times 12, because um, I remember I just I remember how we would in that unit we would like he draw these problem sets on the chalkboard and have people come up and do them in front of the class, and then he would critique their form, uh, or critique the whole, you know, let's just say it was 125 times 12. So you'd have to do 2 times 5 times 5 times 1, and, and, and he would insist, so in the first one you do, so you'd have 155 written over 12, you'd, have, you'd do the 2 times 5, so below at the bottom you write the 0, and then you'd carry the 1 on top of the 5, so it'd be, you know, 2 times um, 5 with the 1, and then, uh, and so forth. And he would had to write down all these steps. Like he, it was it was so critical that you do that, and uh, 
and so then you know you would come to the answer and uh and that would be something i don't even know what that would be 18 something anyway so you know and it's also sort of the in in, in the in, in the written assignments the homework the tests this is really the first time in my life where you know showing your work became essential because that's what you would get graded on um, you get half credit for a right answer and half credit for showing your work, which I never understood. So I, as earlier, earlier I was saying, you know, like when I was motivated, I was a good student, but I, sometimes I would just feel like I, I didn't understand the point of, um, you know, cause I would almost think, you know, one of my favorite movies as a kid as well was Apollo 13. And I thought like, you know, if Clint Howard in one of his scenes in there just said, and let's just say it was Clint Howard's fault <laughs> that, that, that they blew the, um, the oxygen tank or whatever and lost you know part of the whole shield was missing as tom hanks says or whatever <laughs> the whole panel's blown off <laughs> bill paxton's floating around up there doesn't know what's going on all right um so let's say clint howard down in mission control like ed howard ed harris was like glowers at clint howard who's like oh it's my fault but i showed my work it's not like ed harris would have been like oh you know what let's get level on the horn and tell him that like that like no 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 if if nasa like shows their work but still gets a problem wrong they're not going to get half credit you know it's not like you're going to save half the astronauts if you get it wrong all that should ever matter in my opinion in math is getting the right answer but i under of course i understand it's not that simple with its, with kids because essentially they were trying to that was the what was i think one of the only ways they could well, it was the best way, I suppose, they could actually show that we knew what we were doing, the steps, um, and also could show that kids weren't cheating. But, you know, often I would just, I remember I would just use a, I would either, I would do it in my, I could, you know, I would do it in my head quickly, or just, I would just use a calculator, and then I would take time to, like, draw in the fake steps as though I had, I had actually worked through it. Um, so, you know, and, and and that and like, but the, the the steps one had to follow were 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 according to these very like ritualized like plans that each teacher every year had their own, and there was like these almost gospel like um, intensity uh, with which they were like kind of taught to us every year, um, and there was no and and I remember feeling like there was no. Um, consistency from one year from, from like one math teacher to the next the next year so like and and it was so much so that I remember with Stepis like I would come in and he would and I what I here's here's really this is the, the main thing that I've been that I that I have been trying to get to that I have thought that I the occasion of this episode was the when he you know so one of those times one of the early times that he called up somebody to do it um, to do something like this they start going on the chalkboard and doing the steps as per, you know, the teacher, a teacher of years past or something. And Stepis goes, no, 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 that's all wrong. And then somebody, and the kid goes, well, that's how I was taught last year. And he, and then Stepis says, oh, I, that's, it doesn't matter. This is the way you do it for me. And I just thought like, what insane dogmatic math teaching, um, and weird, like adherence to this is, it's, you know, my way or the highway. And like, again, it, the math doesn't change, um, whether I'm using your system or not. So who cares? And also, and, but it was one of the, it was really one of my first, it was my first, um, but, but I, but then I thought, oh, well, like, but if I just, but then, and, and I, of course, part of me would say, you know what, I don't care about this. This is stupid. But then the other part would, would also say, oh, well, I figured out what this person needs for them to, for me to get by. 
um, or for me to uh, do well with them. Um, because at some point in the, around those years, I, I sort of would feel like I would come up with a, I would understand kind of the system that everybody seemed to expect of me or of people um, that would keep them relatively happy, um, which has really been like a, one of the overarching things in my entire life of just like feeling like I figured out what a person expects in a super basic level that would keep me, um, you know, if not in their good graces, at least out of their doghouse uh, or something like that. And uh, so really, I mean, what I'm saying is it's like it was the first instance of playing some sort of a, you know, political game uh, or, or, or also just witnessing the, the inanity of, you know, just like bureaucracy. Um, but that was, uh, that, was what, that was what sixth grade math taught me, not so much the, the specifics of, I don't, because again, I don't even remember the things that, the way that he told me to go about multiplying 155 times 12. I mean, I know, I, I know how to do that, um, or how to divide. I still, I don't, I don't remember his like system. I remember how I would do it. Um, and I also know that if I were t a teacher, I, well, it's easy to criticize. Like, if, I don't know. I mean, I, I would just, I would, I would be tempted to just tell kids to just like, show me how you think you should do it. And then, uh, I, 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 well, whatever. I'm not, I'm not ever going to teach math probably, but, um, so I don't know. It, it was, a, it was, I, it was, a, it was, I, I learned that sometimes people in positions of power, uh, don't even care whether you get something right or not, as long as you do it the way you want them to. And that's very much something that, uh, I see a tremendous amount of in my current job. Um, we've recently had some pretty serious, ma well, pretty major shakeups at the executive level in my, at least in my department. Um, the head guy is no longer with the company as of last week. My immediate boss is, well, she's, she's, her, she's getting her knee replaced, so she's going to be out for a while. But, uh, you know, and who knows? And, but like whenever there's a major regime change, um, there's a lot of, uh, paranoia around the, the, those who were brought in directly by the person that's suddenly been removed. Um, I don't myself feel so much a target pain on my back, and uh, I think I also am at a, a point where I'm early enough in my career, I'm young enough, I suppose, I'm also just receptive enough to changing my, to figuring out what it is that the new people in power, and there are new ones um, already, uh, kind of figuring out what, what it is that they you know, what's their system? Who, what's the, what, how do they want me to, to, to do the multiplication? I mean, again, the math won't change, you know, the, the, the work itself is, is going to be what it is, but, um, you know, at least sometimes in the, in companies, I think, uh, or it's anywhere, any sort of social structure, the person in charge might, might get tired of the way someone in their group is doing something and suddenly decides, well, this isn't what I told you, this isn't what I want, and, uh, I'm going to get rid of you. And that's, more or less what I think happened. Uh, it's way, way, way above my pay grade, of course. Um, and, I'm, and I don't even say that I disagree with the move. I mean, I'm, I think I'm, well, it doesn't, whatever. Uh, it doesn't matter. But uh, because I, I, I mean, ultimately, I'm, I'm, you know, it's my job. I'm there to do what is going to suit the company. And uh, I am happy. I, I happen to be personally excited about it, actually. But it's still tumultuous uh, on a, on a, on a, on a, on a separate type of personal level, it's a, uh, and it's, it's, it's kind of been, it's, it's going to continue to be kind of hectic, and, uh, this week particularly was intense in a number of ways, 
but um but I think it's I just think it's interesting that like I it's 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 another it's I I used to be so sort of ardent in my belief that like people were just being uh that like that I was smarter than everyone or something because I knew that well all that really mattered was whether you get it right or not and that anyone who was I know I thought that somehow by if in my figuring out I felt like I had figured something out and that I thought well I I'm the one who knows the truth because all that really matters is getting it right or wrong and in the end you'll be vindicated and to some extent that's true but it's also sort of James Dean of me or something it's just like okay like go good be make yourself a martyr or whatever but the reality is that thing it's no real difference i don't think the world the world that i'm going to be living in or am living in is any is really that different than sixth grade math class in elma new york uh in 1997 with 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 uh mr step saying that and like criticizing the kid for doing it the way another teacher wanted it's no different i mean there's going to be a new people new group of people coming into my company and they're going to want things done their way and uh you know i i'm con i'm 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 you know i'm confident in my ability to to navigate that change and um i some other people i think are gonna like sink or swim but the the, the thing is i mean but again even with that the in in terms of the i guess the analogy is there is still a right and wrong answer and the, again the math itself does not ever change um uh whatever the exact analog is to math in in in, in my line of work but uh there are right and wrong ways to do certain things for sure um but beyond that there are uh you know there are a number of things that um that really it doesn't matter how you do it um i mean and maybe and it's it's might those differences might only be worth worthwhile to those who get who have the ability to affect that or something or or i i don't know um but yeah i mean people just want to be the one who who sets the standard i suppose um so anyway um, that was sort of my thought for the world this week. And, uh, and, uh, you know, and it's, 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 it's a very known thing that, you know, when, uh, how many times again, have we seen that on, 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 in sports? Um, you know, it was, it's always like they'll, when a new, when a new, like a new GM comes into a team or something, we always talk about how, you know, how many of them are, are quote his, um, players or whatever. How many did he draft? And, um, you know, that's any sort of workforce. It's like if you, you, you have a connection to some people and maybe some you don't. Um, but there are those who can, who can, you know, last through regime changes and others just don't. I don't know. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, not even, you know, I, I mean, that's an obvious sort of so-called point as far as sports is concerned. But um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what else... I don't know if there's any more about that or if there's not really any much larger thing to say. But, uh, yeah, we just got, we got the sports coming right around the bend. Um, college football started last night. Uh, the, oh, the backs have won 10 in a row. Uh, I never doubted them. Uh, I've always been their number one fan, ardent supporter. Um, I think it was about a, well, let's see. It was a year ago possibly not this week of the of the year maybe well but it was at least well i was in chicago about a year ago in the sense that it was no no all right uh i'm wrong 
Uh, I went to Chicago for work uh, the second week two of last year's NFL season. And, um, of course, this, the Bills famously lost the opener. I think, were we in? Was it? It must have been. It was Baltimore, I think, last. And, in fact, I want to say Bolden caught, like, a touchdown or something. Or he did. He caught some, like, key, like, fourth quarter, converted or, like, extended a drive on, like, a third and long or something and uh, killed the Bills again. Um, only to return this year and then and sign with the Bills and retire. And now they're saying he's, like, reportedly will come back out of retirement to sign with the Patriots, which is the most Bills and Buffalo thing. Um, but you can't blame him. I mean, if they're, if, the, if you're, like, a, if you're a receiver and the Patriots come calling, um, you know, they're almost certainly going to win the Super Bowl, I, I say. Uh, and I am the authority. Um so uh, you can't blame him, um, but it's just funny that, again, it's just, it's, it's, the Bills are Marvin the Depressed Robot, and Buffalo is, once again. Like, people would, it's like a, a retire, a receiver will retire out of his contract, then come back in retirement. Now, technically, I understand the Bills still have his rights, um, but it's just funny that he just, you know, like all, I mean, he, he retired citing his desire to be an activist, and then uh, that didn't last very long, did it? Um, <laughs> but again, you know, you can't blame him uh, if he does come back or wants to. And, but maybe the Bills will screw him over, and that'd be fine, too. That'd be kind of, you know, it's not, I don't know if it's really, what do you gain from that? But I wouldn't, I wouldn't blame the Bills for that either. It's like, dude, you signed a contract. What did you, you know, it's not up to you. But, um, so I went, anyway, so the, the Bills uh, lost to Baltimore last year. And I, and I think it was just, it's so, it's pro, it, clearly, it's such a, it was a com- completely forgettable game, but I want to say it was, I'm going to guess it was like a, a 19-14 loss or something, just agonizingly miserable. And then, of course, week two, the Jets come in town, it's Thursday, it's the Thursday night game. And sure enough, I go out, I'm going out to Chicago for the week. Um, second time I'd gone to Chicago for work, uh, I had been there a few years before, and, um, uh, yeah, it was it was good. It's a nice week. It was it was good weather. Just you know, work trips are always interesting because they can be great, and then they can also be horrible. Um, <laughs> I mean, this one was good because uh, because I know Chicago a little bit. I mean, I guess it's the city I've visited the most, just for whatever. Very, that, yet that I've also never lived in. Oh well, maybe L.A. is caught up, but um, but I've but Chicago. I, I should say. I guess I've spent most time on my own there um so to that end i've I, i've explored it some more um and i had some i had some bad meals there which is just funny but whatever um nothing against the city anyway uh it got to thursday night and i'm just like you know it's it's, it's, it's great i mean like what 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 better way could one spend a, a work trip than watching uh your team on you know and especially when it's football it's like I mean, it'd be great to watch, be able to watch a Sabres game on a work trip or something. Um, that's never been possible because I never, tra- I never traveled. Well, I suppose I was in in Atlanta during hockey season a few years ago, but I, there would have been no way to watch a game, and that was prime tank year, so it wasn't wouldn't have been worth it. Anyway, I was excited. It was like, and I flew back Friday morning from Chicago, so I knew, uh, I knew that in some way it just so happened that my trip was vaguely uh, organized around the bills now the other thing you should to note is that uh the free night for the art institute of chicago is thursday night 
So I also was like, well, I have to go. Um, Nighthawks is there. It's my favorite painting in the world. Um, well, certainly, I mean, it's certainly up there. I, I think it is my favorite. Hopper, I would say, is my favorite painter. Um, I don't pretend to be, you know, I don't pretend to have any any extra authority or anything. Or, um, or I'm not. I don't say that as though I've, I'm some uh, sophisticated lover of the painted art form. But uh, I do love Hopper, and um, also he, particularly his time in Brooklyn, he did a lot of. Uh, um, I love the way he painted brownstones and light and and, and things. And of course, Nighthawks is. Um, I think he. Ha I mean, I think he had an interest in. Uh, because there's a lot of his paintings are seeing things through like a window, um, or somebody looking out a window, and I just that always I always I'm drawn to that. Um, you know, it's just these sort of solitary figures, either seen through a window or, or or they themselves are looking out through some sort of a whole you know window or door or something or portal of some sort or whatever. Um, and I always like that. And then there's an interesting and, then he, and he's just and he always pays really. Uh, delicate attention, I, I think, to the to like the light and shadow, um, as it's sort of, because that's sort of the most alive thing in. Well, the characters are very alive, but it's always, uh, yeah, just very. There's always this interesting tension between things that are in the light and not. Um, and of course, Nighthawks is uh, it's the one where uh, it's the, like the sort of cafe at night. Um, just a couple people sitting. In fact, I have a co I bought a copy of it, and I have it here in my room with me, and I see I look at it every day, and or at least it's here with me every day, and it makes me feel. It's one. It's it's, it's one of those things I want to have in my apartment. Also, at the Chicago Art Institute is um, uh, the um, um Saturday afternoon um in the Grand Jot uh, painting. I think it's maybe it's Sunday. I don't. I'm, I always forget. Must be Sunday. Anyway, it was the inspiration for Sondheim. Um. Sondheim's musical, um, which, oh, yeah, of course, it's Sunday, what am I saying? Um, anyway, uh, I have also bought a copy of that at the, at the, uh, at the store. So anyway, I, anytime I'm in Chicago, and I, it's possible, I need to go visit the Art Institute, and yeah, it's an incredible collection there, uh, a lot of good modern stuff. There's a lot of, um, um, oh, what's her name? Uh... It'll come to me, but it's not right now. Anyway, it's a great it's a great place. So, um, so that's also Thursday, and the Bills were playing on Thursday. So I have to, I ran I went from as soon as I left work, I walked as fast as possible to the uh, the museum, did like two free hours, um, which was good, great. Got my got my like walking in, got my saw all the things, stopped at the at the gift shop, and then uh, on my way back, just stopped and had a quick bite at this like kind of uh, like ultimately disappointing like diner that i found or or not diner um just re it claimed to be the oldest restaurant or and or oldest bar in chicago or in downtown chicago at least good beer and decent sandwiches but bad service um and i was right near my hotel which was right downtown and went by made it back got some snacks and like a couple beers and things just to hang out in my room i'm all excited and of course that was like the worst that game was, it was like, it was one of the the worst, like, whoopings the Bills have ever endured in my, non-Patriots whoopings the Bills have endured in my memory, um, and, and, to, and Fitzpatrick, of all people, just threw for like 500 yards, a million touchdowns, 
so embarrassing. And the Bills were in those horrible blood red uniforms, just so bad. So, uh, and then I came, and then of course, so I flew home in the morning, and and then uh, I mean, flew back to New York in the morning, and um, you know, I was, and I and I I got I well, or, or, or early afternoon or something. So yeah, because it's a three hour flight, two hour half hour flight. So I landed around one ish. Uh, the Bills fired the offensive coordinator because clearly it had been his fault and not anyone else's. And uh, it was just, I, I remember I was listening I, on the GR app, I was in the cab listening to, uh, yeah, to, to like the show up in Bulldog. It was so funny. Just people, I don't know, it's just, it's like, it was it's like every year, Bills season, we, we, people hit that point where they realize it's not going to happen. Uh, I feel like this, this year, um, People know, no, I don't, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm fairly removed. I don't live in Buffalo anymore, obviously. And I, it's not like I've physically spoken with other Bills fans. I mean, the only, the only, yeah, the only person that I'm like in touch with who's a Bills fan that until I talk about it with is Eric, my friend Eric, who lives in LA. And we both, we both have, I mean, have agreed, like, it's just not even worth, there's nothing to talk about because they're just not going to go anywhere. And in fact, it's, we're, we're ready for the tank, um, so I mean I that's at least me you know my, my I'm going into the season f- full tank mode um, I think fans are uh, I think people just sort of accepted that that's clearly the best thing and it's what we it's what the Bills need finally and I it's like I think that the Bills management knows that and is doing it um, but uh, it's tough to say because I mean I guess they if they were shamelessly going full tank they would have gotten rid of McCoy but maybe they kept him because they felt they needed somebody to sell to sell tickets or to be the face of the team, I guess, for now. And or, you know, once you get a good quarterback and you're trying to win, um, he'd be very valuable. But he might be. But then he's gonna. But he's so he's old as a quarter as a running back goes. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I, I, that's like the only, the best justification is hoping that by next year he'll still have, you know, one or two good years left with a good with a. Or at least he can help. You know, the early the first year or so of a rookie quarterback um and maybe maybe that'll happen um but uh who knows but maybe that's their plan but i think that the bills management understands it's time for a tank and also it's just i mean even if it doesn't even matter whether they're trying to tank this this team is just not going to be good but i was saying with uh, actually maybe adam and i will actually discuss this on whenever he does whenever he is back and we do a we do this next episode because it will we'll, we'll do that at some point but it might just have to be next week Maybe it'll be right before the season starts, but um, he, uh, yeah, we basically agreed like the NFL is just going to be like the NBA this year. They're going to be four or five like good teams, and everyone else could either. At the, at the best thing you could say about the other twenty six teams is that they clearly have no chance of winning the championship, and then most of them are going to be fighting for the bottom pick, and just it's just like this complete top heavy thing, and in the NBA it's. Well, it's a good, even though it's, even though in the NBA as a league is the most progressively run, um, it's really like become a very, uh, Amer- like current contemporary, like good, good model for contemporary American, um, I don't know, economics or just uh, reality. Whereas the NHL has turned into this sort of um, neutered, I don't know, like sort of communist state where no one can be that much better than anybody else um, through rules and such, but uh, uh, very strange. Whereas, whereas the NBA is just like this 
yeah, the sort of uh, libertarian utopia <laughs> where it's like a few teams have incredibly have all the players and no one else has just is just fighting for scraps or everyone else is fighting for, for scraps or just like entering the lottery to hope you get the next LeBron or something. And maybe the NFL is heading towards that. The NFL, I mean, it's going to be, you know, you hear, I, I read about like the, uh, like en enrollment statistics and things for kids like join signing up and there's just like no one joining, um, at least in the Northeast. So it's like, I was thinking there won't be anybody playing football in like 15 years, which will be, I don't know, interesting to watch the decline. But, um, but yeah, so, you know, um, that was my Chicago memory. Um, and also it was, that was the, the good thing about that trip was the first I was able to watch some World Cup of hockey, which again I, I've talked about this before. But what a what a shame that thing just like only lasted about a week, and the and no one cared about anything except Team North America. But uh, oh, and also I found maybe I'll maybe I'll uh, post this at the end of this episode. Is I I made a year ago before well before I started this podcast. I guess I guess I was trying to oh I I did start like a comedy Twitter thing. I think, and what did I call, I called myself Lord Puckington, <laughs> and it was going to be just like a hockey comedy Twitter, but I just lost interest, because it was stupid to maintain, like, to just, for the only point to of my relevant, to re any, yeah, I would never want to become relevant only for a Twitter account, that's just, that's dumb, um, so I deleted it, but uh, I was proud of some of the things, the jokes, but um, I did, in, in pursuit of that, I made a song uh, to the tune of... Um, uh, America, what was it? Is it American Beautiful? Um, I think. Wait. Was that it? No, no, no. It was um. Well, whatever. I did a. Uh, yeah, it was. It was called Team North America. It was the Team North American anthem, and it was uh. Land that I love. What's that? What is that melody? I don't know. That's the I can't. I don't know why I'm blanking on it. But that was the melody for the Team North American anthem, which I'd hope I was hoping would become would it would light up the internet and become their anthem. Uh, I just named all the players, but uh, <laughs> alas, it did not go anywhere. Um, neither did Lord Puckington, who I killed uh, maybe a month or so into just after that because there's no point. But um, Anyway, uh, yeah, I was able to watch, like, Russia versus Canada or something, and I was like, oh, this is kind of cool, but, again, getting NHL players to care about non-NHL games, unless they're the Olympics, is just always a recipe for disaster. It's the same problem that all All-Star games have, and all, like, any sort of exhibition. Um, it's just not really, you're not going to get the most out of the, out of the guys. And I guess, I guess the World Cup had a good level of competition, but not necessarily intent the intensity of the cup playoffs, which you're just nothing can ever match. Um, so yeah, it was it was kind of it was pretty fun, but I don't know. And who knows if they're ever going to do it? Like, a, did have they said whether they're going to do another World Cup? I guess I guess it's in four years, but but then no one's going to care about Team North America at that point. I don't know, but. Uh, I guess I'm just, yeah, so the point of this episode is um, power structures and looking forward to sports. I don't even remember most of what I said at the beginning. Um, I felt, I just had things I felt I needed to get off of my chest because they were on my chest, and uh, now they're not. 
Um, so, yeah, I don't know. What's, uh, where, what's, where are you guys doing? Who's even listening to this? I don't know. Um, I was, I was walking over to, uh, get some, like, supplies to do some grilling yesterday. Or maybe two days. Yeah, yesterday. And I just remembered, I, I, I wanted, I was thinking of, uh, I guess I was. I guess what what was happening was I was having some sort of a hypothetical conversation in my head, which I suppose I do a lot um, when trying to think of like when I'm trying to get, if I'm if I'm trying to get around a problem in something I'm writing, I just sort of imagine talking to somebody about it and write that sort of conversation, and then that sort of helps me through things. So, but I, I tend to do that. I do that about more than just my actual you know kind of fiction writing. Um, but uh, so what I was just. I, so in this hypothetical or this imagined conversation, I've just imagined saying like uh, something like, um, I don't know. It, it, keep in mind, this would be the sort of wittily slidden into slid into a conversation. Um, just saying, I'm pretty sure that Ezra Pound said that no podcast worth listening to has more than a hundred followers. Um, then I thought, then I sort of thinking about the um, like, and I thought about this before too. But imagine how horrible. Uh, or just if if like if if contemporary forms of social platforms of social media and the like were available to some of the worst writers of history, or any sort of figure, um, or not even worst, just worst people who were who were writers and major figures in history, because I just then immediately I thought of you know the uh, the Pound cast, which was just like Ezra Pound reciting his fascist propaganda and playing tennis with Hemingway and just talking about it and have interviewing his like tennis buddies. Um, now there might, arguably there might be some historical value to that if at this point, but, uh, the pound cast is, I think is funny. Um, and, uh, cause I've also imagined, you know, like if imagine like how horribly, how, like how awful, like the threads that Tolstoy would have on his own Twitter account. Cause he just would, he'd always be dictating his tweets to his uh, mistress and it would just be, you know, Tolstoy just parentheses one of one thousand, and just an endless thread of tweets of just the most beautiful, <laughs> like just descriptions of Russian common folk going through life and struggling with issues. But uh, yeah, or I don't even know. Or just if if other people had had these sorts of things. Um, there's nothing more to this than what I'm saying right now. But I the pound cast I f I find quite funny. Because I, I was forced to read a good amount of Ezra Pound. I don't, and I still don't know why, but I was in college, and it's well, I know it's because my the teacher was a man. <laughs> I, that's that's it. Because it's like, who cares about this stuff? No one does. The only good thing Ezra Pound ever said was that was the the quote that I know of was the quote of the um the uh the like, and you can totally picture him saying this, but you can is, is him saying his uh. Like no, yeah, no good poetry book ever sold more than hundred copies, which is when I was changing. I think uh, my one of my proudest Twitter moments, but when I still had like a, a pure my my personal Twitter, um, Mallory Ortberg like posted a photo of 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 Ezra Pound or something, and I think and I commented like, and he had like this horrible hair, just awful, and I said something. I mean, I think I wrote I commented like I can't tell where his hair ends and his smug begins, and she liked it. That was very good. Also, no, the very best thing, uh, the best day of for Twitter was when she retweeted me once, which was made me very happy. But it had to do with Hamilton and the Simpsons uh, President's Day spectacular. 
I made a Hamilton joke because she didn't like Hamilton, but I, uh, which is wrong, but, um, yeah, anyway, um, I don't think she's on Twitter anymore either, last I checked, but, uh, that's a shame, because she's, like, the best, she's the truly, like, the best writer out there. Anyway, um, well, it's been quite an episode, um, highly memorable, about as memorable as the Bills playing the, the, the Ravens, but you know what? That's what podcasts are for, because some of my favorite podcasts ostensibly are about less than nothing, and this one is not, so is not either. Um, so with that uh, confounding semi-triple negative statement, I think, um, I'm going to end it, because it's been like another, ah, oh, it's another bit in 20 minutes, so this, now it's a long and this is. So, uh, well, that's it. Um, um, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna end it, and, uh, we might, um, we'll be back, I'll, I'll be back at some point, uh, soon, maybe in a week, hopefully doing, like, another, an, a guest, an interview episode, because I've run out of things to say, no, it's not true, um, no, but I just, you know, I'm just, I'd love to, to do that again, and have some, some more people on, and actually, but it's all predicated upon sports actually returning, uh, in full, um, so, yeah, that's it, uh, you know, we got some looking forward to Sabres. Uh, and uh, I think I think NHL 18 comes out in a few weeks, too. So I'll definitely be, I'm looking forward to that. I'm debating getting Madden, but I probably won't because I how different can it really be? Because then the then like two years ago, except for the rosters. So. All right. Um, that's that. Um, yeah, I'll uh, I'll be back soon. All right. Bye.
Ladies and gentlemen, please rise for the singing of the Team North American World Cup Anthem. Team North America, team that I love, with McDavid and Eichel, Nugent Hopkins, Joanne and Goodrow, there is Shifley, Brandon Sardo, and McKinnon. And Seth Jones, Team North America, I love you so. Vincent Rojek, J.T. Miller, Austin Matthews, and Augustus Bell, Team North America. I love you so. There's more. Team North America. Team that I love. With Pariko and Truba. Connor Hellbuck is there for us all. There's Matt Murray and John Gibson and Aaron Eckblad. I think he's 40. Team North America, I love you so. Morgan Riley, Ryan Murray, Dylan Larkin. Couturier, Team North America, I love you so. Team North America, I love you so.